Forgive me, here I cannot stay. He cut out my tongue. There is nothing to say. All right, what's up? What's up? Welcome to a bonus episode of the One Inch Barrier. I am your host Juan Carlos Ohano, and I hope you're all staying safe and staying healthy and staying at home. And、um, as of the time of recording, unfortunately. Um, today, like mid-August, this is the first bonus episode that we recorded, and I don't know when would this be released.、Um, we just had our first case of the Lambda variant in the Philippines.、Um, when this is released, I don't know if this would be like a time capsule, like what has happened now in the world. But、um, I hope you're all listening and just taking care of yourselves and one another. All right, so. So this episode is part of the 2017 retrospective where we talk about the films that were nominated for Best Foreign Language Film alongside a Fantastic Woman.、Uh, this would be available in full on Patreon, so please be sure to check that out and subscribe. This episode we're gonna talk about Hungary's official submission for Best Foreign Language Film at the 90th Academy Awards. We are talking about On Body and Soul, or in its original language. Pestrol is Lelekrol, written and directed by Ildiko Enyeri. So,、uh, for a quick summary of the film, this is about、um, a man who manages a, a slaughterhouse, who has who encounters a newly hired like meat inspector, quality inspector, and、um, they are not really talking to one another,、um, but. Once there was this incident of、um, a mating powder stolen from the slaughterhouse, then there was an investigation. A psychologist comes to talk to the employees of the slaughterhouse, and then、um, Andre and Maria, the two people, realize that they actually share the same dream.、Um, they see themselves as deer、um, together in the snow. And what ensues is their relationship.、Um, once they discover that they are together when they're dreaming, that is a quick summary of Unbody and Soul. So our guest is from the Philippines. You already heard her in the 2010 episode where we talked about In a Better World, and 1987 episode where we talked about Babbitt's Feast.、Um, uh, She writes poetry and is a cinematographer and is a fellow UP Film Institute alumnus. Yeah, so please welcome Jail Mir. Hi, Jail. Thank you so much for coming back Hi, for this episode. Thank you for having me. Yes, and for the record, we are now we now share the same microphone in recording. Yes, <laughs> I'm so happy that I I urged you to buy this microphone because I love this microphone, and now we both sound good. Wow! Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. All right, so ooh, um, I remember distinctly in the first season, which is more than a year now. Gosh. Um, when I invited you to come to the podcast, you asked me like, "Please give me someone with a female director."、Mm-hmm. I remember that distinctly. And when I was having, I was thinking of who to have on Body and Soul. Um, 
yeah, her wish is my command. So I have you here on Unbody and Soul. Um, all right, so general thoughts. Um, I guess this is the first time you've seen Unbody and Soul, right? Yep, it's the first time. Yeah, all right. So your, your mic is really good. All right, so um, general thoughts. What do you think of Unbody and Soul? On top of my mind, I really like the film. And, well, I mean that genuinely. Like, I really, really like the film. Like, it's my cup of tea. And um, I like the sentiment. And um, I guess you can say the voice of the filmmaker who made the film. I like the images that were used. Like, the deer and then the juxtaposition to the slaughterhouse. And then I mentioned about the sentiment because, well, um, maybe we'll go back to this later when we get to talk about the film like more in depth. But the general sentiment that I'm picking up, I'm going to relate it a bit to the title on Body and Soul. For me, um, there's a mystery in the film that deals with body and soul and how separate or but still connected they are. So for instance, um, this was explored in the dreams of the two leads, Maria and Andre. Um, so that's one mystery in the film. Like, how do they get this similar dream? So obviously... That's sort of a miracle. And I guess when I say that I like the voice of the filmmaker, it's because it didn't come out as cheesy or corny. Although it's an it's obviously an ode to like romantic love when you when two people get the same dreams, right? But yeah. in the film, it was very nuanced. And I guess um it's it, it it has to do with the with the images and then how the film plays out like and then maybe we'll get to discuss later the cinematography the script and the the character development yeah um, i'm just curious because all right so you yeah you said a while ago that this is your cup of tea um i um I want to know what is your cup of tea. I don't think I've ever really directly asked you because, like, we've been like friends for like more than oh my gosh, almost a decade now at this point. Like, oh my gosh, but I never really asked you what is your cup of tea in terms of the films that you really like and how. Why do you think this one resonated with you in that way? Um. Well, well, when I say cup of tea, I guess um, it differs with like the stages in my life so there was a time when I would watch really stylized or um, like for example uh, Godard films or like that but lately I'm leaning more towards um, I don't know how to call like I'm sure there's like a correct um, movement or name for it but I'm tending to watch more like realist films but still exploring um, like having a mythological or like there's some 
force or like a mystery something mysterious in the film going on mm-hmm. like that mm, i see yeah because i've always like when we read read things together like i would get a sense that most of the works that i read from you meaning the works that you've done there's a certain romanticism in those um which you know when i when i see that romanticism on page that yeah this is this is jail <laughs> this is jail working right now but it's really interesting that you know when things kind of change in our taste um and now you're now seeing yourself like leaning towards like you know those stories that are both realistic with a tinge of yeah mythological or spiritual or whatever you want to call it that um something that exists not really unrealistic but goes beyond the physical reality um of a story of of our reality um that is very interesting that you highlighted that because this is a rewatch for me um i really loved it then i love it still um i think the thing is this is this is a ro- this is a romantic film this is um I don't think it necessarily has a cynical I, I don't you can you can um disagree with me I would love to I would love to hear if you disagree with me on this I don't think it's that cynical in terms of love I actually think it's a very um it very much believes in the concept of like romantic love as opposed to like not of like doubting it or questioning it or kind of like putting it under a microscope but I think the filmmaking itself kind of goes in a different direction which makes it um it's not necessarily a clash but it's more like you're not necessarily getting what you're expecting but it's always two things at one in terms of stylistic and what is really talking about because it's it's very held back you can say you can even say that the filmmaking is kind of like at arm's length it's not really giving away everything but at the same time it is about human vulnerability it's about loneliness desire um both isolation and communication and i i i wrote words in my notes um like delicate restrained patient observant offbeat um those are the words that came up with me and i just re- I really appreciated this time on how it really took the time to observe its characters um because then the trajectory of like the romance or like their own paths of the characters became very organic it's a film that doesn't feel forced um it never felt it never felt forced um it is very it, it's exciting to see um a film that has its own like stylistic eccentricities but you know for other filmmakers those like um artistic choices might make it I don't know weird or alienating even for me what I got from Unbody and Soul is that the more it gets eccentric the more it gets honest in what it's trying to discuss about not just romance but the concept of human connection for that that's really what captured me this time which also the same thing that captured me before but even more so this time you know at the time when we were like kind of struggling with connection and communication um the fact that in this film communication is and com- connection is represented through this recurring imagery of the deer i know it's it's a film that's so rich in many meanings of that word yeah i agree with the with what you said that the more that it gets centric or 
um, like the acting is a bit stylized, the more it is honest. And the way that I see it is, yeah, so, yeah sometimes I get kind of bothered by, uh, because Maria like stands out. Even the acting style of Maria is different from the rest of the actors or you can even say characters. But I guess that's deliberate or yeah, it's obviously like a deliberate um, uh, because Maria is really eccentric as a person. So... Yeah, I remember that, you know, with um, Maria the, and the actress, um, her name is uh, Alexander Borberi. Um, she sticks out, which is exactly what the character is in that um, setting. She sticks out. And what is interesting is that there is this, con- it, it heightens the isolation that her character has. And that kind of like also intimidates uh Andre to connect with her to connect with her but you know it it seemed not possible given their demeanor but yet it's surprised them I think that's the beauty of the story is that these two people who had no point of connection (laughs) like they were not really just meant to be connected and they found themselves as connecting in a in a thing that that is beyond their control. Yeah, I I would have to disagree though that uh, th- these two people were like disconnected or okay. were were totally separate because mm-hmm. at least the way I read the film, they were having these dreams, and even though they don't know that, um, like. They don't. They don't know yet that they have similar dreams. Something is drawing them together. So that's why, from the very beginning, even though Andre has no reason to be like um uh to talk with um Maria because like the sort of person Andre is, he doesn't really um he's he he's already old. He's not really out to to date someone, but he makes a move, um, or at least he tries to approach Maria. And like the only way I could explain that um, uh, um, that part where Andre tries to talk with Maria is because they already have something drawing them together, and. That's why the film opens with the dear images because they're already having these dreams and they're just really waiting to to connect with each other. So there's, I guess if you read it like metaphorically, they're already longing for someone. That's why they're having those dreams. But so so these two people, they have, the same desire to be with someone not just sexually or um but to have like um 
a love that is very close to nature. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to... Um, when I say like a love that is very close to nature, like very natural mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's how I read the film. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, oh, I would have to ask you that because I, I would have to ask you, uh, do you think Maria was already feeling connected to Andre even before she found out the dream? Uh, yeah, because... Consciously? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because um, remembered like the part when she um the only thing that's holding maria back is because she doesn't have like the communication skills mm-hmm. to get her feelings across that's why after the first time that henry talks to her she like plays with the condiments right and mm-hmm. she reenacts the scene and she's she's um she's reenacting like the part where he talks with henry but in that scene, you could see that she's wishing she could have said something else. She could have um, been more open to the conversation, and then they would have some. They would have like something to talk about. So that's how I, I saw it. Like it's difficult for them to, um, to suddenly be friends yeah. because just because it's like the first time that they see each other but there's already a strong connection and you can even like say maybe that's like a metaphor for love at first sight yeah i think i was just referring to um because like i you're you're right you know when with uh, the two of them like um andre was trying to establish some sort of communication with maria uh, that didn't happen with Maria. She tried to like re reenact the communication, which means he also has a desire. I think those things were real. I just thought that before they found out that they're sharing a similar dreams, um, so something was uh kind of like barring their connection or not the connection communication. I think there's already a connection. But there's a struggle with communication. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I yeah I retract. <laughs> it's not disconnected. It's like there is a struggle with the communication, and um, I love that. I love when the film kind of showed how they struggled before, the, and even after they found out that they're sharing the same dreams, there is still this struggle to communicate. It wasn't something that just like bound them together all of a sudden. The the nervousness and the excitement. Of like sharing a bond that you actually don't know what to do with, it was really exciting because um, it's something very vulnerable, and they're now sharing it with one another, and it I, I don't know I, that that delicate aspect of the storytelling, you know, it's just um so truthful. About how genuine human connection really uh, connection really blossoms. It the film dwells in the baby steps towards actually communicating, and I actually don't think, um, I I actually think that we only get to see them like really be that open to one another, like spoiler alert in the very end. So the whole film was them 
um, I don't know, trying to find the right words, trying to do the right thing, and trying to achieve that. But it's very incremental. Yeah, that word, incremental, which makes for me even more exciting. Because that's true. That's honest. And I personally, like, um, I think I've also had, like, a change of uh, my cup of tea <laughs> um, in the years. Like before, when I think of like a, a great film, I'm waiting for a film to amaze me. I'm ta- I want big films that just like technically difficult, just like shocks me with the ambition. But now I am leaning. That that's my idea of like great directing is like when you just like how did you do that? But for me. I kind of changed and I leaned towards trying to get the smallest human details right. Like um, emotional human moments. That's when you get that small human connection, right? Like, yeah, that's great directing. That that impresses me way more than the big sets and all that. Um, and with this, I think on Body and Soul, it's, um it's just something that finds the balance between everything. You know, it's both, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's impressionistic. I don't know if it, it's like, it's not giving away everything. Like you can take the deer metaphorically, the deer, the deer dream. And you can also take it like literally they're dreaming as, as deers, but the film has so many layers. And yet the film is not showing off. It's so balanced and well calibrated and telling of actually it's a very simple story, but how beautifully simple it is. Well, you mentioned about human connection and I was, um, yeah, I, I agree with everything you say and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree with you that the film has so many layers and one thing that I want to raise is how the film tackles like even uh, the job of the of Andre and Maria and um, what their job or workplace workplace actually mean in the film so I think of um, from the very beginning the workplace stands out in the film and plays a role on how the audience or the viewers would feel. And it also like helps your your tendency to romanticize events. Like mm-hmm. because there's animals, there's blood all over the film. Like it makes you think or makes you rethink if you're really watching something like about love yeah and that confusion i think deepens your understanding by the end on what this film is really about so there's mood setting like you don't know what's going to happen and in the middle of the film you're thinking will this like turn into some kind of bloody tragedy where someone gets killed or for example there's there's lots of elements going on there that, you know, makes you kind of worried about what would happen or what will happen next. For example, there's like the character of 
Sandro, I think, if I got the name right. Yeah. And he's being established for danger. Like you would, you could tell that this Sandro is going to do something. But in the end, he actually didn't do anything. And he was just one of the people, or you can say a device, very well-crafted device put in the film for Maria and Andre to end up together by the end. But because the device is so crafty, you don't notice that it's a device. And yeah. um, the film makes you go like... Uh, think about uh, many possible endings yeah. and then end up with like a perfect ending. So I think that's really one of the strengths of the film is the screenplay. And um, I, I'd like to go back to the job because I was discussing that a while ago. So uh, the, the, these two people, they work in a slaughterhouse. So my first question was, why a slaughterhouse? And then um, it makes me think, what are the kinds of people working in a slaughterhouse or what's going on in the mind of these people who see this kind of like violence unfold before them every day? And I think that's answered in the film. And it's also a very honest, very... Um, a very blunt, very honest um, answer that that's all that also relates to death. That also foreshadows the 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 suicide. I guess by the yeah. end. Um, and I think the central message that I got there was that you are not your job. So. Maria and Andre, work, they may be working in a slaughterhouse, but they're still human. Yeah. There's they they just got to do what they have to do because they're in that um they're in that kind of setting. And they even addressed, like, for example, in the interview of Sandro with Andre, the the film even addressed that this job can make you go crazy. Maybe you're not right for this job if you don't like you don't have sympathy for the animals. So those kind of small details really deepens the the discussion in the film and doesn't limit it actually to just love, but really uh, extends to the meaning of life and the meaning of death. So and and if you go further deeper into that, maybe what the film is trying to say is that without love, there's no sense in living. That's why without Andre, Maria is willing to commit suicide. Hey, what's up? Thank you for listening to this preview of this bonus episode. If you want to hear more, please head to patreon.com slash the one inch barrier. For only $4 a month, not only do you have full access to bonus episodes, but you also get early access to regular episodes. Again, thank you so much. And together, let's break the one-inch barrier. 
we speak when spoken to and that suits us well that suits us well that suits me well